Ray and I are talking today about the bounce back loan scheme. It was set up to save British business. It was the UK's answer to the crisis. But has it worked? We're here today with Mr. Bounceback himself, who has been documenting this journey through the whole of the Bounceback loan scheme. Mr. Bounceback, has the scheme worked? It's sadly going pear-shaped. Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast. My name is Ray McLennan. And it's with me, Nigel T. Best. Raymondo, how the devil are you? Yes, we live in interesting times, as they have been saying since the 12th century. (laughs) (laughs) And before that, it was really interesting times. Mm. Uh, Yeah, interesting times indeed. And for many people at the moment, Ray... Uh, You're going to be getting the emails, you're going to be getting the letters, you're going to be getting the knocks on the door late at night with the big burly blokes um, saying, Oi, bounce back. We need it back. Start paying. Yeah, indeed. And and with that particular uh, theme in mind, we have a guest today. Yes, indeed. The guest we have is Mr. Bounceback. Uh, now, for those of you, several thousands of you who follow him on Twitter, uh, Mr. Bounce Back, so it's at bounce underscore back loan. Mr. Bounce Back has been uh, talking about this subject since uh, May last year. And uh, I, I suppose we should let him introduce himself so we can prove he's actually here. So, um, Nigel, he's with you. So over to you. He is indeed. He is indeed. And uh, yeah, we're, we're calling him Mr. Bounce Back today uh, because, um, well, it, it seemed like quite a good idea. So, uh, yeah. Mr. Bounce Back, <laughs> good welcome. morning, everybody. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's good to have a guest in the flesh as well, Ray, in the mm-hmm. flesh. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's exciting times to have uh, somebody here talking to us. So, Mr. Bounce Back, quick. If you can, a quick potted summary as to how on earth you got to be known as Mr. Bounceback. Well, it was oh May the fourth. I set up the Twitter account. Basically, all I wanted, all I was going to do was uh, itemize my journey to get a bounce back loan. That's that's well, deep down, like Ray and probably you. When Rishi announced the scheme was going live, I knew it was going to go wrong. I just knew it was going to go wrong. For anybody, it would be me usually. So as I launched the Twitter account, and within minutes of the scheme going live, sure enough, I was being messaged, messaged, messaged. People were tweeting me. And then it just took off from there. Again, thousands of followers. I had people in uh, direct message telling me the problems. Some people were getting the loans easy peasy. It was great. This fantastic scheme. I'm having some of that. But for others, they didn't have the bank accounts with certain banks which were approved at the time. It would turn into a nightmare journey. And we were in the the midst of these lockdowns and et cetera, et cetera. And people were in a dark place. And people were telling me stuff in private, in direct messaging or emailing me. And I just, it it spurred me on. Yeah, I wanted all I, I've never been a financial advisor. I don't give out financial advice. All I do is pass on information from A to be and it was like this mysterious loan scheme which sounded fantastic on paper it was great for some because they got the loans in 24 hours for others it was a nightmare journey a real nightmare which went on for months and months and months people eventually got the loans some did some didn't but now we're at this stage in time where people are now having to repay them they're having problems with but the problems have been going for well over a year so basically, I sat there. I was in the midst of a lockdown myself. So I just threw all my energy, time, and motivation into it. Basically, due to the fact that people were telling me these nightmare journeys and the dark places they were on. So I felt obliged then to stay there. So I was sometimes 16 hours a day passing on information, calming people down, just helping them, supporting them. Because that's something the government weren't doing at the time. 
they were offering these loans which sound brilliant, but they weren't offering people support or telling them the ins and outs. And the banks were that overwhelmed. They couldn't offer support themselves. People would be on hold for hours on the phone, get cut off, didn't know what to do. So all I did was pass on information. So that's a potted history. Okay, so it it sounds to me, Ray, like Mr. Bounce Pack is here doing a public service for the uh, for the gaps in the information support and help that uh, you know business owners needed. the The whole scheme was set up in in good faith to help out companies, tied them over. Whilst coronavirus hit, you know the lockdown hit, pandemic you know, worked its its magic on ruining the economy. And in in terms of that, it, it sounds like, you know, we, we spoke about this, Ray. Ray, you you put on your your future goggles and and stared it way off into the distance and uh, you know within 10 minutes said that this is a crackpot scheme that's bound to fail. And yeah, uh, well here um, we are. I think it's because uh, whenever I hear um, government announcements or any kind of official announcements, it's always interesting to listen to the language they use because they don't stand up and just talk anymore from the heart. Anything they say has been scripted. There's been behavioral psychiatrists and psychologists go over it um, and probably lots of other um, people that we've never even heard of will scrutinize and take out the word here and add in a word there and that word might mean this and that word might mean that. So when Rishi Sunak came up, I uh, tend to to look at things slightly differently. Um, There's a great book by a guy called Malcolm Gladwell called Blink, and it's called The Art of Thinking Without Thinking. And it's when you uh, watch something, do something, engage in something, but you let your subconscious take over. Now, in... uh, to give an example, it might be when sports people talk about being in the zone. They're in the zone because they've been practicing so long that they know exactly what to do um, you know, without thinking. And uh, when this book came out a number of years ago, uh, I, I applied it to pub quizzing. So you know, you, you know, somebody says it and you know the answer's in there somewhere and then you kind of talk yourself out of it. And I was in a, a group with a bunch of guys and I would say, oh, the answer is such and such. And one of the others might go, no, 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 it's not that, it's not that. And one of the others would go, yeah, I think it is. Go, no, it's not that. And then it would end up being whoever was the loudest kind of, you know, we would have a vote on, on the answer. And then I said, right, we need to change to, to blink, think without thinking without thinking. So it's the first thing that comes into your head, just write that down and don't question it. Because what most people do is they, you know, especially if you watch quiz programs, you know, the chase or who wants to be a millionaire, you think, oh, that, the answer is B. And then you've got the, the Jeremy Clarkson, Chris Tant figure says, are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? And you suddenly you're like, oh, well, no, I'm not quite sure. And you get talked out of it. So when I watch these government things, I always think of the language they use. And I always say, well, what's my first thought? And I was watching this and I was watching it with my wife and my wife and I tend to, tend to be opposites anyway when it comes to something but I was watching Rishi Sunak because it was it was bigged up that this was going to be a big thing and it came on the telly and all of a sudden he talked about the the scheme and how it was going to help people etc 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 and I just thought "Mm, no my first thought is this is going to be a disaster I don't quite know why but I think it's going to be a disaster and I just started writing out why I thought it was going to be a disaster and eventually um, put that into a Facebook post that I put out literally an hour afterwards. And then when the news came on, the six o'clock news came on, you know, people were touting him as the next leader of the Conservative Party and all this kind of carry on and how wonderful this was going to be. And, and it just that just reinforced my thought that the language they had used, the, the coercive language they used, um, was working. And it was the same through the whole pandemic thing. You know, the, the language is always designed to, to nudge, as they call it. They have a nudge unit. In fact, Britain uh, is one of the best in the world. And they export their nudge services to other uh, governments around the world. And uh, they were nudging people in a certain direction. And I thought, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's, it, it's, it's wrong. And it's going to be an administrative nightmare because of who they've, they've put in charge of it. Now. Back in 2008, when the financial crash came, the banks stuck their hand out to the government and said, we need 500 billion or the ATM machines won't work tomorrow. 
and the government gave them the money, said, right, okay, there you go, literally within 24 hours. But this time around, what happened is British businesses, in fact, it's small businesses especially, who are the backbone of employment and industry in this country. It's not, it's not British aerospace or anything, it's the, the, the millions of people who run their own business. When they said, hang on a minute, everything's stopped, you know, there's nothing we can do, we need help. And when they put their hand out, the government went, yeah, right, okay, yeah, well, we'll put some money aside, but you just have to fill in these forms and jump through these hoops and we'll work it out as we go along. Um, and who did they put in charge? The banks. And the banks in 2008, as we all remember, um, with RBS and all the rest of it, when they started calling in their perfectly normal commercial loans, um, basically stole businesses from people. They stole money. They, that, that it, was, it was, as the Americans would call it, larceny on a grand scale. Um, and thankfully, years later, they had to uh, account for that. But I just thought this, this seems to be heading the same way. And when I was looking through Twitter and following Mr. Bounceback and, and looking at his website, um, which we will uh, big up, but when I was doing all of that, um, and it's mrbounceback.com, so mrbounceback.com is the website with thousands of articles in there. I just thought, well, here's, here's someone else who's going through that mill and gets it. And obviously is attracting a lot of um, a lot of messages and a lot of messages of support. But I'm sure, as well as messages of support, there were a few detractors. Yeah, maybe so. And uh, thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. There, after raise monologue, <laughs> we get a guest and he can't get a word in edgeways. <laughs> I'll just sit here twiddling my thumbs. But no, Ray, it, it was it was one of these things that when we started and. You know, I'm I'm sat here next to Mr. Bounceback, and he, what he was saying is, he, he was saying, "Look, I I just wanted to, you know, time on your hands because the business isn't working. Just document the journey and what happens to me." And it was, I, I'm guessing, Mr. Bounceback is one of these things that when you start doing it, you start thinking, "That's a bit weird." I wonder if anyone else has had that. Well, that's the beauty of Twitter and social media. As soon as somebody tells me of a problem. They'll send me the proof of it via, you know, a letter or an email they've had off the bank. Or then I'll simply ask on Twitter, has anybody else been messed about with X, Y, Z? And sure enough, ding, 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 a lot of other people. So it's, like I say, it's, it's passing on the information, which is what the website was all about as well. I like to, to supply proof of everything I say. And what better proof than the people who are following you, sending you in the information and seeing it themselves? Yeah. So it, you know, it just all went it was like well, fireworks from day one to be honest people were just asking me questions and at the time nobody i've had bankers tell me we didn't have a rule book right at the start so it was like trial and error and banks were making it up everybody just wanted a loan and it just took off from there and now at the stage we're now at the stage where the loans are due to re be repaid people are having problems with pays you grow i am myself believe it or not and it's just turning into a nightmare. People are getting snatched back letters, letters demanding the money back, simply for having an account review. What's an account review? People have no way of appealing this. And trying to get information off, like Ray says, the banks, is, is nigh on impossible. They won't tell you anything. They've got the British Business Bank, who are the rule makers, but they're offering no support. They, they, they give you weird and wonderful replies to any request you've got. So it's, it's just crazy times. And all I'm trying to do is help people pass on information because there's a lot of people out there i guarantee people listening to this now will be sat there worrying about the repayments some of them might have over egged the uh, turnover when they applied for the loans and they're worried about that they see these headlines in the paper you know not everybody out there rushed out and bought a ferrari which some of the newspapers reported at the time you know these are genuine hard-working people who want to repay the loans or just get back to normal that's all they want and they've now got this five-year loan which has been turned into a 10-year loan stuck around the neck and they're panicking and i can understand why they're panicking and trying to get help and support when a problem arises some people have had the smoothest journey they got the loans you know lloyd's bank for example when they launched the scheme they were just firing the money out of the back out of the windows i did stay on twitter at the time every night it was probably about three four five six seven o'clock they'd open the doors and my, my Twitter feed would just light up. I've been paid, I've been paid, I've been paid. And it was like they're throwing money out the, the windows. But for 
at the banks, it was just a nightmare journey. I forgot what your question was anyway. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess this is it. it. You start off with a simple theory of let's track what happens. And this is sometimes where some of the best journeys uh, ever, ever start because you, you start at a, a point and you just think, well, I'm just going to go through this. It, it'll probably be quite boring. Uh, not a lot will happen, um, but but let's just track it on a day-by-day basis. You suddenly realize that you've got in at the ground floor of a, one hell of a tale and one hell of a story. And, and let's not forget the idea of this, and, and this is where I think you have this terrible mix of politics, policymaking, and financial a kind of nous. And, and when you don't have all three, and, and various people do it, it's, it's the classic case of uh, trying to design a horse by committee and ending up with a camel, because it, it's so hard to do. And you've got politicians who, as Ray says, are trying to make sound bites and make it sound like that they're, they're saving the world. And then you've got all the people behind the scenes going, all right, that's great. Yeah, that's great. But what are the rules? What are the guidelines? Uh, if this happens, what happens then? And none of that seems to have been thought through. Or, or it may have been thought through, but you're going to tell me, I'm sure, Mr. Bounceback, that from what everyone's saying is, whatever rules there were were being made on the hoof. Exactly. And they varied. Oh, indeed. And they were interpreted. Yep. And they were subjective rather than objective. You know, is that the case? 100%. Like I say, the, 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 bank, uh, the boss of some banks were saying, I've got them on the video. I've got a YouTube channel as well. So I always slice up any uh, committees they've been on. And they're stating right at the start, well, we, we had no rule book. We had no rule book. And then they'll, there's, there's one clip, which I think is fantastic on, on my YouTube channel. You'll find it if you visit the website, whereby the bosses of all the big banks were before a committee. And they were arguing between themselves what the default situation was, how they are going to handle defaults. And they all have their own different opinion on how the bank are going to handle defaults, what when the guarantee will kick in, when it won't kick in. And is it farcical? You know, they're making stuff up on the hoof constantly. The other day, we had uh, Rishi Sunak. He was on every channel, every news channel, talking about the pay-as-you-go options. He was bigging them up. All you have to do is talk to your bank and they'll sort it out and you can extend the loan. You can take a payment holiday. You can take interest only, 18 months of interest only payments, et cetera, et cetera. But for some people, they can't get them. Tide, for example, are flatly refusing to offer them. We're not offering them. End of. Nothing we can do about it. So if you're with Tide, I know not many people got a, a bounce back loan with Tide, you're stuffed. And I've got Myself, I've even had problems with, I'm going to name the bank, HSBC. I wanted the pay-as-you-grow options. Logged in. We cannot offer them to you. Please phone us up. So I phoned them up, was on hours, was on hold for about two hours, kept getting cut off. Eventually got some guy who said, really sorry, 48 hours. You'll have an email. It'll all be sorted out. A week later, surprise, surprise, they weren't there. But the clock is now ticking down to my first repayment. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to challenge this. I'm, I'm going to turn up at Rishi Sunak's house one Saturday morning with a letter explaining, I can't take the pay-as-you-grow options. Please help me. Turned up at his, his house. He wasn't in. I went over to his office, delivered the letter. Then I turned up at HSBC's head office in Birmingham, walked through the door, immediately thrown out by two burly bouncers. And then I'm, I'm thrown out onto the street in the rain outside HSB headquarters in Birmingham, explaining my own private business matters to two security men who had nothing to do with the bank whatsoever, just so I could go in to explain the situation about the pay-as-you-grow options. Now, they basically wouldn't let me in the building whatsoever. Eventually, one of the members of staff took pity on me. She must have been peering out the window, thought, well, why is this bloke on the street in the rain been thrown out of the bank? She comes out, explains, look, I'm nothing to do with the loan team or anything, but I'll do my hardest to, to help you. Give me your details. I'll get somebody to phone you up. So anyhow, I left the bank eventually. I was quite distressed. I pulled into a motorway service station on the way back. Within 15 minutes, I'd had a phone call from Rishi Sunak's office 
explaining, Rishi can't do anything, you need to speak to the bank, call your MP, blah, blah, blah. The police then called me, giving me a welfare check, because the bank had said I was quite distressed, which I was, and then the bank phoned up. And the woman I spoke to was like pushing me, pushing, oh, you, we'll set you up, we'll set you up with this on Friday, but because your loan's due to be taken on Monday, you've got to sign the, you've got to read, digest all the agreements immediately. And I'm saying, well, I'm, I feel physically sick here. You know, I am being sick. You're rushing me, you're rushing me. I need to read what I'm agreeing to. And she's going, no, no, you need to sign it because we've got to put the direct debit or go out and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, Monday appears, they weren't in place. So technically, for a day or two or three or four, I was in default for the first payment because I hadn't paid it. And now I've logged into the account and that's magically just vanished into thin air. The first payment has just gone. The pay-as-you-go options are pending. So what I did was I thought, well, I can't be the only poor person in the world experienced this. So I put out a call on the Twitter account. Anybody else being messed about by HSBC? Sure enough, boom, 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 boom. Everybody, well, a large number of people with the same problem as me. But I'd already now acquired the email addresses for the CEO's uh, team members. So basically, I passed on the information to them. They emailed in, blah, blah, blah. They all got sorted. They got offered cash compensation. And some of them are now being offered uh, breathing space a couple of months. We'll just leave you alone to sort your finances. Like we won't hound you. We won't pest you. Just go away, basically. Have some cash compensation. Bump. We'll pay you instantly. And there's a bit of breathing space. Go away and don't tell anybody. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So there's lots of people. So like Tiden offering pays you grow. I'm at Rishi Sunak's house. I filmed it all. It's on the channel somewhere. Beg it. I need help. Please, please help me. And then a few days later, he's on every news channel saying, oh, pay as you grow. It's the most beautiful thing ever. You, you reduce your payments by half. You can extend a lot. Oh, it's, it's sickening. Because what he's saying, like you've just said, politicians will say one thing. But on the other hand, the actual experience of the people who are experiencing this Lord scheme is the opposite. Mm, there the you go. The challenge here is you've got the, the government are actually hand it, it's effectively our money taxpayers money the government you know that's where it comes from let's, let's face it that's where it comes from um and they are distributing that to supposed to be distributing it to the people who need it people who already gave it to them um and whenever you've got anybody handling other people's money you're going to get disasters it's like you know councils and all the rest but the, and look at the scottish government and so on with uh, with all the mess that they're making but that's another story um i'd said at the beginning or, or way back it was going to be a disaster because it was going to be administered by the banks and by the government and what they ought to have done is handed it over to a separate organization um, and i equated that to you know, Boris was talking at the time about, you know, we're at war. Uh, it was all, uh, the language was all the language of a war. You know, it was all battles and all this kind of carry on. And he'd, he'd written a book on Winston Churchill and he was always going on about Churchill and this and that, and the next thing. Well, I'm surprised he didn't take any of uh, Churchill's examples. And the one I sent to him and to the government at the time was that during the World War, he made Lord Beaverbrook in charge of aircraft production in the 19, early 1940s, when he took over in May 1940. Lord Beaverbrook, who knew nothing about aircraft production, was a newspaper guy. But the reason he put him in charge is because he gets things done. He gets things done, treads on toes, upset the air ministry, upset everything, but got stuff done. And if it hadn't been for that appointment, there would not have been enough planes for the Battle of Britain. So it was a, it was a very, very strategically important appointment. And this is along the same lines. They should have put someone in charge. I suggested, and I, I, I emailed, uh, not emailed, I Twittered, sent a message on Twitter to Sir Alan Sugar. I said someone like him. Lord, Lord Sugar. Lord Sugar. Lord, sorry, Sugar. Lord Sugar. There we go. Um, someone like him. You know, when in 2008, when they said to the banks, yep, here's 500 billion, away you go, they should have said to Lord Sugar, here's, you know, how much we're prepared to throw at this or whatever it is, and let him deal with it. I think it would have been a completely different outcome. Completely. I, I was, uh, was going to say, Ray, uh, I, I'm very disappointed that you actually didn't suggest us because uh, we, we could have quite easily done it, you oh, know? Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bit of legal, bit of accounting, well, you know, actually, and, a, and a healthy dose of common sense. Judging by some of the people that got PPE contracts from nothing, we probably could have got a 
a 300 billion contract if we'd applied. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have done. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just knitting the uh, the PPE gloves over here. Yeah, yeah. I'll have two pairs done in the next 12 months. 250 million. Thank you very much. It's your, okay. your contract. Um, all right. So, Ray, this is about the how to raise money. Um, the podcast is all about helping people. And obviously this was set up to help people get through what was at the time an unknown duration. And I I kind of feel that everyone was thinking, well, we'll do this because five years is going to, we're going to be well beyond that. Unfortunately, we're still kind of suffering the after effects and there's still restrictions. There's still things that it could well all clamp down again. You know, I can understand why they pushed it out to 10 years, uh, I've had lots of conversations and been, you know, have seen lots of conversations online as well about people saying, I'm not too sure about going for the extended period, five to 10 years, because I get the feeling this is going to count against me. They keep saying it's soft credit checks. It's not going to affect your credit rating and all the rest of it, but there's a, not, uh, Mr. Bounce Back, there's a healthy dose of skepticism of people saying, if I go for the 10 years extension, is this going to impact me? I don't know. Do you, have you found out anything on that? Is that, could that be the case? Well, people are taking the pay, they're extending for one purpose, the majority of people, and that's to kick the can down the road. A lot of people are in a position now where they've realized they can't remake the payments. They'll be able to repay the interest only, but no way on this planet is a majority of people I'm speaking to going to be able to make the full payment. So the only reason they're taking that, the pay-as-you-go options, is to kick the can down the road and to see how the banks are handling things like defaults and people who cannot pay. Because it's just a, it's just a mysterious world at the minute. You know, people signed away. It's like the 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 ex-boss of the British Business Bank. Just before he, he resigned or legged out the right, hold on, hold on. So he was in charge. Yep. When the government came up with the scheme. Yep. He's the one that they run it in front of. Yep. And he gives his uh, professional, long-standing financial brain uh, experience. He gives his opinion on the scheme, yep. the viability, the manageability, the administration of it, and his thoughts. Well, this prior is- to him leaving. Well, this is what the British Business Bank ex-CEO said. Obviously, the government had, had lumped it onto them. They've suddenly now got this huge scheme to manage. And he said, I've got the freedom of information request. I've seen the uh, reservation letter. He wrote a reservation letter, basically, to the Treasury, the government base, whoever. And it says in there, I am worried that people are going to say they signed away their rights because of the Consumer Credit Act changes they made to access the loan they were vulnerable when they took out the loan and that's all they have to say so i'm not paying it back for them two reasons i was vulnerable and i had to sign away my legal rights now he 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 sent that reservation letter just before the scheme launched because the british business bank were obviously worried this was going to go per shift he also mentioned there wasn't a system in place for checking whether somebody would already received a bounce back loan. So in the first six or seven weeks, I think it was, you could apply for, I don't know, 20 bounce back loans for one company. And there was no way for different banks to communicate with each other to find out if they'd been paid out. So people were getting double paid, three, four, five, whatever. So he, he stated his concerns about the bounce back loan scheme right at the start, but the government said, no, we're gonna go for it. Just do what you need to do. We'll worry about it further along the line. So that's, you know, he had his reservations and then he he basically resigned. He said, I'm not having anything to do with this, I would imagine, and went. So they got a new CEO. But that reservation letter was, he did say in it, what I'll do is I'll keep this reservation letter secret, if you like. I'm not going to release it just yet because it'll spook a few of the banks who want to come on board. And he, he, he released that on the 30th of September. That document was released and made public. I think it was the 30th of September last year. And the day, or within minutes of it going public, one of the last banks still lending, which is HSBC, slammed the door shut and said, we're not lending anymore. I don't know. We're not taking any more customers. And then the last few remaining banks, banks, which I think were uh, Clydesdale, Yorkshire, I think Stalin possibly, they all closed the the doors too. So basically you have the the scheme rule maker saying, 
scheme's going to go wrong. But like you said, the government and politicians say, no, 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 we'll just we'll worry about it. Just get the money out the door. And fair play, at the time, it was seemed like helicopter money. It was like the government is throwing this money out of helicopters. But what happens then is some of the money will reach where it's, it's target, but a lot of it will go on wasted ground, which is unfortunately what it's done in some cases. Okay, and, and so now the government is trying to pick up um, the pieces of a, a hastily constructed scheme. As I said, I, I fully... I fully believe that this was done in the best interest of what they were trying to do. But just like uh, all the other uh, monies and uh, all the other schemes, the the amazing thing to me, and I, I don't know about uh, you two here today, um, I, I always think these days somebody launches a piece of software, an app or something, and they say, here's a new app. And here's the feedback form. Give us the feedback, what you like, what you don't like, what works, what doesn't. And then iteration 2.0 will improve it. And then 2.1 will improve that. Whereas the government, you know, and any any sort of public sector body, they do something and they say, this is, we have been, listen, we have been chiseling this into stone overnight and there is no way that we're going to change it. Whereas what happened all of a sudden, they found that, the you know, well, Rishi Sunak announced, the government said they were doing, all of a sudden, about a million people said, hang on, hang on, will we miss out on this because we don't own the premises? We don't get the grant for this because of no. that. We don't get paid because of this. We can't apply because of that. The business, I've just changed job on the Monday that everything stopped. So I'm no longer employed there. I can't apply for this. I'm not entitled. And what they found was they were so many stools that people were falling between falling into these cracks and the government just didn't seem to be able to have a process of giving getting this feedback and and i i don't know mr bounceback ray when it came to this there were a lot of very clever people who were involved in various sectors of the economy which were unaware you know the government was for want of a better word completely unaware of or hadn't trained their eye on it, weren't focused on it. And all they needed to do was, look, here we go. We've come up with this thing called bounce back loans. We're going to throw out what we think it could do. Uh, and we're going to try and do it. If it applies to you now, fantastic. If it doesn't, please, here's the feedback. Tell us what you know is going on, how we've missed it, where we could tweak it, and we'll do bounce back 2.0 for you. Would that have been so hard to do? I don't know. What do you reckon? Uh, well, what the, talking of bounce back loan 2.0, you've got this new recovery loan, for example. So they have attempted to bring out a slightly different tweet version of it. But I, I challenge, if anybody from the government or the British Business Bank are listening to this, and I hope you are, I would like to know the figures on how many recovery loans you've given out versus the number of people who have applied for them. Because what they've done now is, with, the, with this recovery loan, very I have not been told of one person who has got one. I've heard of a few second-hand reports, but not one person who follows me, and I'm in touch with tens of thousands of people between the Twitter and much more so the website. Not one person has come to me and said, I've got a recovery loan. Yep. And we've now got the, the problem with this redesigned bounce-back loan, because it's, it's a mix. It's more Sybils than bounce-back loan, the recovery loan. We've now got the situation whereby if you apply with one of the main banks, for a recovery loan, and a lot of people have, and a lot of people have been kicked, well, everybody I know of has been kicked to the gutter when trying to apply for one. What the main banks are obliged to do due to the bank referral scheme is ask you when they, when they decline you, bearing in mind you're now in a vulnerable position, you wanted a recovery loan, Rishi has bigged it up, 80% government guarantee, blah, blah, blah. The bank is obliged to offer you, the six main banks, I think it is, to pass your details over to what Sounds perfect. A government-approved loan portal. And what they'll do is they'll hand your details over. The bank has declined you. They don't want to know. They don't offer your recovery loan. They'll pass your details over to this uh, government-approved portal. But then what they do is they pass your details to a loan of a lot of what I call loan sharks. And what they do is they'll they'll then pass the details between you. They'll phone you up. More, and I've had reports of this. Multiple reports of this. I've reported this to the people who should be acting on it. 
they'll phone you up morning, noon, and night, trying to offer you loans on between 30 to 60% interest rate. That is astronomical. And loan sharks is what I'm calling them. But the government have said, no, by law, these banks, when they decline you, have got to pass you over to these loan sharks. And another problem with the, with the recovery loan, which is like the bounce back loan 0.2.0, is that they've, given, they've told the banks, I've seen the documents, which proves that the banks have to offer you their own loan if they can do it at a better deal. Now, you, you'd be a bit suspect of that. How can a, a bank offer better terms than an 80% government bank? But they are doing. So what they're doing is the bank's trying to sell you their own loans first rather than the government-backed one. So that's another reason a lot of people are getting declined from. But it is farcical. So as for a bounce-back loan two scheme, which would have been on a simple... You see, the problem we had with bounce-back loans is right at the start, a lot of people did screw the system, the fraudsters, but they've long gone. We're now at the stage where a similar type loan scheme or a, a top-up type scheme should be reintroduced, but the, the figures changed. If people need more income, well, not income, more a, a bigger loan they should be offered one but it is it's not going to happen they just they, they've cut off the funding they're not going to be offering any more loan schemes and the one they've got in place this recovery recovery loan scheme is a farce nobody's getting it and i challenge the government or the british business bank to show me the figures because that's what they did right at the start with the bounce back loan scheme. Every week they released the figures. Look how much we've given out all these hundreds of thousands of people. Then it came to 1.5 million people and 45 billion. It was going up and up and up. It was fantastic. But now the, the British Business Bank are not releasing the figures, which speaks volumes. Yeah. So asking, mm -hmm. asking the people who are going to be the loan customers, who are going to be the recipients of them loans, what... <laughs> If you ask them how to design the scheme, they're going to want it as beneficial as it can be to them, yeah. But we're now at the stage where a lot of people can't afford to, to repay their first bounce-back loan anyway. So why force more loans on people when a lot of them can't get... You mentioned grants then, yeah? We've got the SEISS5 going live. That's That That was due to go on the 23rd of this, this month, Every, every previous one, people have had the same date. So I think it was the 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, blah, blah, blah. You all had a different date, but it stayed the same for the previous four. But now what they've done on this month, or this this next uh, SESS5. Which is, it, it, just remind people that that's a grant for self-employed. That's it, yeah. They, they, they've complicated the matter by saying what you'd end up getting is 80% of your turnover for three months. That's what the previous ones were. But now they've changed the rules slightly. So if you if you if your income has dropped less than 30%, you'll get the 80%. But if it hasn't, you'll only get 30% of your income. It's, it's quite complicated how they've done it this time. But they've actually moved the, the starting date a week down the, road, down the lane. So people were expecting the, the funds this coming Friday. Or, well, they'd be able to apply this coming Friday, I think the 23rd. But now they've been told, no, no, you're good. 29th or in August, some of them early August, I'm getting told that I put the reports on the website. People are like logging in and being told, oh, it's going to be an extra week and extra weeks. But that's an extra week of money. And that's a grant. People don't want loans anymore. The loans, they, they want a solution to the bounce back loan one scheme. That's what they want. Yeah. They're fearful. They can't make the repayments. They're kicking the cat. I know people, you'll be sat there listening to me now waffling on. But a lot of you out there now, worried about the repayments and i guarantee you have taken the pay-as-you-grow options just to kick the can down the road and watch how defaults are handled because i know a lot of you are worried sick you tell you're telling me this you're phoning me up you're emailing me you're messaging me you're worried sick about these repayments or what will happen if you default and what does happen if you default i've asked i've asked everybody i can think of chris leslie was the ex-shadow chancellor uh He's now in charge of an association of debt collectors or whatever they want to call themselves these days. I asked him, I said, look, can we have a discussion? I just want a discussion. You're, you're in charge of the debt collectors who are probably going to be uh, commissioned to go out knocking on doors and all this. Look, let's, let's have a chat, me and you. Let's just, and he, he seemed quite open to it. But no, he's now decided to, oh, no, no, I don't want to talk to you. After initial email saying, oh, that sounds interesting. You know, I, I want to be caring. I want our collection agents. So people don't know. Now, I know there's a difference between limiteds and sole traders. 
as to how you wind up a company, but why should you have to wind up your company if you've got a government-backed guarantee, the guaranteed loan? The, the guarantee was cleverly put with the the banks. Yeah, it's the guarantees with the banks, not to you. So what happens if I if I can't afford my if I'm a sole trader? I've done. I've looked at the figures. I just can't pay it back. What's going to happen to me? Am I going to have people knocking on the doors? Do I have to go into? Do I have to go bankrupt? Should I have to go bankrupt? And now what they're doing with uh, limiteds, they're, they're passing a bill through the house. It's got a big, long title. But basically what they want to do is stop limited directors from winding up a company that I've got a bounce-back loan just to bag and pocket the bounce-back loan. And I've had a few reports on the website of recent ones. They're looking at 10, 11, 12-year disqualifications. But why? So they're bringing out this bill to stop people shutting down a profitable business, what the word profitable is, I don't know, to just bag or write off the, the bounce back loan. So they don't want you to close the business. It's, it's a mess. I'm just worried that people, especially sole traders, are sat there worrying, thinking, I can't pay it back. I want a solution. What happens if I can't pay it back? Do I have to go bankrupt? Do I not have to go bankrupt? What does the guarantee mean? I've signed away my, uh, my legal rights you know, to challenge it. What can I do? And nobody will explain because they're all fearful. I've, had, I've, I've asked everybody, base, for example, said, well, are the British business bankers? Well, well we, we don't want to tell you the the what happens when people default because it'll it'll alert criminals. Uh, criminals, criminals. Yeah, but the majority of people who took out a bounce back loan loans are not criminals. Yeah, they were they were businessmen and women who have had to shut down for what they thought was going to be three months. They worked out what they could have, they claimed it, they got the they got the loan, and now they're in a situation where well over a year later, they can't they can't trade still. Or now they've just been told that you can trade, but you've got to be careful and the new rules coming in in September and blah, blah, blah. So the well over a year later, they're now faced with not having been traded. What can they do? And nobody will explain the situation. Ray, what do you think? What do, what do you think they're gonna do with defaults for a sole trader because i know I've, there'll be thousands of them listening to this worried sick what can i do well you're right in saying that um it's this has gone on far longer than expected it has gone on far longer than anybody expected it was meant to be three weeks to flatten the curve and then it was this and then and it's just extended 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 um and all any business person wants or any person wants is a bit of certainty they just want certainty right what's what's happening now is it's, it's uncertain times and uh, in, in, in uncertainty, people are anxious, uh, anxiety levels go up, and that's not the best place to make a decision, uh, a serious decision, that is. And that's right across the board, you know, banks, governments, everybody making decisions that are long reaching for what should be a temporary solution. So when people look for certainty, they tend to fall back on what happened before. They fall back on um they fall back on rules that, 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 that already exist. So when it comes to sole traders, if a sole trader is unable to pay um, the, their debts, then the creditors can pursue them through the courts. So this time last year, they'd stopped that. You weren't allowed to pursue, or they, they, they'd extended things so that you couldn't pursue people. Um, but as any insolvency practitioner will tell you, the, the, the most dangerous time for insolvencies is not during a recession, it's when you come out of it. So it's not during the pandemic that there's problems, it's when you come out of it. So if we're perceived as coming out of it, what tends to happen is creditors get their tails up and they go, ah, right, well, everything's fine now, everything's normal, now you can pay me. Um, but the reality is, if you've had 12 months of no money, and then suddenly you start making money, right? And, and you know, if we, if we look now and we look at, various resorts around the country, you can see there are thousands of people flooding there. So there's hotels are starting to do well and businesses starting to do well. That doesn't mean that they've suddenly got this massive surplus of cash. What they've got to do now is to say, well, okay, can I now pro rata this out? Because I've got, I don't know, 10 creditors, um, each owed 10,000 pounds. Do I pay one off or do I pay them all a bit? And what most people will do is, is pay them a bit. But then there'll be some that say, oh, you've made plenty of money. You could have paid me in full. And then they'll get anxious and, and they will end up going to court and they'll try and get, you know, writs against them and all the rest of it and close them down. 
The only people that ever benefit when it comes to uh, insolvency is insolvency practitioners. They benefit hugely because they immediately will step in and any money they get, funnily enough, goes towards the fees of the insolvency. And if you only have £10,000, um, funnily enough, the fees will magically turn up at around about that figure. If you've got £50,000, the fees will magically form to that figure. That's just what happens. People fall back on what they've always done. So the, it needs a collective uh, common sense. We need to, I think in many cases, we need to hibernate debts. I've said this for some time. You should hibernate it because the economy has effectively been in hibernation. And now that it's coming out, if you think about Mother Earth, after winter, you don't have a harvest. After winter, you have spring, and then things need to grow. And then it's several months before things have grown enough to be harvested. And that's exactly the same when it comes to trading businesses. You don't come out of a, a recession, winter, and go straight into a harvest. You have to take time. So things need to hibernate. That's, that's my feeling. Um, if anybody's listening to this and they're due money, they're, they're owed money by somebody, get in, get, get in communication with them. If anyone here owes money is listening to this and owes money, get in communication with the people you owe the money to. Don't hide uh, your head in the sand. It's an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it's a conversation that needs to be held. Um, because at the end of the day, it's only lawyers and insolvency practitioners that will benefit. There'll be the same money will be in the economy, but it will it will go into different pockets. That's all. So I, I, I am aware that a lot of the major banks, I think HSBC, NatWest, etc., have taken on a few hundred staff just to make the phone calls when the defaults yeah. start to happen. Because that's what happened to me with the uh, when the pay as you grow options didn't go li uh, live when they should have done even though I'd been promised, and I've got the call recorded, it's up on the website somewhere, uh, by the CEO team, these will be in place for Monday, I promise. And she even said, this call's recorded, you'll be able to blah, blah, blah. So Monday came, technically it went into default because it didn't get paid that one payment. Tuesday, I had a call from one of these newly taken on customer support people who are there to help and support you. And to be honest, they've obviously just been taken on. They haven't the foggiest about a bounce back loan. I was saying, well, isn't the loan guarantee? Because he said, well, what are we going to do about the, the, the payment missing? So I didn't let on about this situation. I said, well, doesn't the government pay for the guarantee? Can you ask Rishi to pay it back? Oh, well, I'm not sure about that. So basically, they have taken on extra staff. And if you are having problems out there, like you've just said, Ray, get in touch with the bank, which is technically impossible. But if, if you do default or a payment doesn't go through, they're not going to instantly start from what I've seen, hounding you with repay it, nasty letters. They do actually phone up and show some compassion. And like I say, I've seen cases whereby uh, I'm just getting reports right now of people who are in my situation with HSBC. It might be similar to other banks whereby if there's been a problem putting in the pay-as-you-grow options, because I know a lot of you have been in touch with me and had a similar problem to me, you did get offered compensation, but they will give you a bit of breathing space. And like I said, they magically can make payments vanish as well. But if you are having problems, I would suggest having a word with the bank, because even some of the, the snatchback letters I've seen were by banks as demanding the bounce-back loan back in full due to something you've done, which has raised a red flag with them. Instead of immediately kicking it off for a default, they'll work with you. They'll do a repayment plan or whatever, which is unique to your circumstances. But there the, the needs to be, a, like you've just you said, the hibernation thing. I like that idea. There is talk at the minute with some MPs, and there's a, there's a chap up in Scotland, an SMP, uh, MEP, what are you, uh, member of parliament, sorry. Are SMPs members of parliament? Scottish members of parliament, are they? Is that the yeah, there is an SMP. You're talking about Owen Thompson, are you? That's it. He said about this student, make it into a student's loan type loan. Yeah. By you, you only have to start paying it back when you reach a certain threshold. Whatever that threshold is, that's where the discussion, which you mentioned earlier, Nigel, the discussion needs to come in. This will, this will sort out the scheme instantly because the vast majority of people I've spoken to, even though they can't afford to pay the loan back at the minute as it stands, would be if there was a solution. So how about this student loan type scheme whereby 
the debt's still there. You're not having any negative effects from it, but you don't start paying it back until you reach a certain, certain threshold. People now are repaying the bounce back loans. I've, I've had plenty of people telling me that they've repaying them back, sorted, no problem. They were grateful for it. Their business has been fortunate enough, whatever sector it's in, whereby they've earned income and they can repay it back. Some people, are, like I said, taking the pay as your options to kick it down the road, see what happens in the hope something will happen. And some know they're not going to be able to repay so they're just kicking, they're taking the page of options. Two years later, after paying just the interest and having a little bit of a break, they'll have to default. But that is the solution, Ray. It has to be the solution. Yeah, I can't think of any other solution out there unless he writes them off as grants, and I think that's not going to happen. But this is the best of both worlds. This is like a grant. If it's not, if you can never afford to repay it back because you don't reach that threshold, you're still trading People who took out a loan when they were vulnerable, and a lot of them were vulnerable at the time, a lot of them were, they don't have negative effects on the credit files, they don't have to go bankrupt, they don't have to have men knocking on the doors. That is the solution. The student, we must get behind that SNP, MP, or whatever we've just agreed is called, yeah, Owen, we need to get behind him and push. What do you feel about that? Am I being bizarre or is that the solution or will the banks kick off about that? Or Well, well, I was going to say, when you were talking about things, I was thinking uh, the, the student loan scheme sounds it sounds like a very, very sort of appropriate methodology. And, and that has been, goodness me, what, 25, 30 years in the making um, for that sort of thing, which is, um, yeah, uh, basically a long-term threshold determined repayment uh, yeah. scheme. And and given that the system is there in place and, uh, you know, would it not be wise to consider piggybacking that scheme? It, it may well be. Now, I, I think um, there's always, there's always in, in my mind, the principle here that uh, most business owners took this loan in good faith in terms of crikey, the government's saying that, you know, this pandemic will be over in a few months. I have a sneaking suspicion that, uh, as we always talk about, Ray, don't we, in, in property, everything costs twice as much and takes twice as long. Mm-hmm. And you, you sort of approach this and say, look, I'm going to put this, I'm going to get this money. It can sit in the bank. If I have to go through it, I have to go through it. If I don't, it can sit there as a buffer in case the pandemic escalates or something else happens or your particular industry gets shut down. So a lot of people took it as a prudent measure and said, okay, and in full faith, I'm going to repay this. Um, And I I still believe that most people will repay it. The people that jumped in who scammed the system, normally scammers get away with it when something is fresh and new and no one quite knows what's going on. It doesn't tend to uh, happen down the line when, you know, people are wise to it. People have been trained up. People are looking out for these things. So in, in my mind, Ray, uh, Mr. Bounceback, I think, you know, most people are, are working out how the hell they can repay this. However, given that for some industries, we're still not out of the woods yet, to have to repay this at the moment could be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. So, yeah, would it not be sensible? And I've never understood this, Ray, um, we've spoken about this off air, on air, you know, this thing that sometimes the government or banks have a knee jerk reaction and they look at something and they go, right. Okay. I'm going to take this off you. You owe a thousand pounds. I'm going to take this off you. I'm going to do fire sale and recover a hundred pounds there. I'm going to do it. Whereas the conversation might be, well, if you just lend me a thousand and fifty pounds, in a year's time, I'll be able to give you 800 back. And they look at it and they go, no, no, I'm going to take the 100 now uh, rather than the 800 down the road. And sometimes, sometimes we need Mr. Mannering to come back as the bank manager and the the, the sensible approach, <laughs> you know, and, and tell him to stop panicking, you know, shut up, um, you know, and uh, just get on with this and and look at things in the round. Look at the bigger picture and say, okay, what's the business? The business is a solid business. The business in normal times trades and has traded for 20 years in a solid and dependable way. Why the hell would we foreclose or put pressure on someone that when the economy opens up, we need a business like this to keep the economy going. We need a business like this to generate employment 
We need a business like this that will be able to repay it. Five years, 10 years, you know, I'd rather have that. I'd rather have, you know, 90% or, or 10% of everything rather than 100% of nothing, exactly. you know, and, and sometimes we just need a bit of common sense, don't we? Yeah, indeed. That was the magic word, common sense, yeah. Anyway, so uh, you can vote for me to be put in charge of all of this. <laughs> and I'll be your assistant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be the figurehead. I'll be the one taking um, holidays in the Maldives or something like that with uh, with dodgy funding. Um, oh, no, 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 leaders don't do that, do they? No, no. No, that's not that's not true at all. No, it's you know what what a fascinating conversation, and this is um, right. It, it's one of these things that um, as as I said at the beginning, it's only when someone starts and they see the journey that you can kind of reflect on this and and see the kind of the breathtaking scale of great idea poorly executed, and then the people who took it up in good faith are the ones that get caught in the crossfire as the banks and the government and other agencies then begin to argue amongst themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, all all I want to ensure um, from all this is we don't have a repeat of what happened in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, when, um, you know, one bank in particular, the Royal Bank created a group, the business recovery group, the BRG, I think it was called. It was the global it the was global, the global PRG, was it a global recovery. That's it. Yeah. Um, and they started taking business businesses from people, closing down perfectly good businesses. Um, that that was a scandal of epic proportions. And thankfully, the you know they've had to to pay for that through the courts, if you like. But uh, I don't want to see a repeat of that. We need to have a we need to learn from that recent mistake and have some common sense. That's what I want to see. Yeah, and uh, having gone through that myself. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that that was a, that was crazy. That was crazy uh, to have to have people from the bank walk in, and um, and so uh, you know, and it was a bit of a surprise to have them walk in. You know, people I'd never heard of, never spoken to, walk in, sit us down, said we've had a look at your accounts and uh, we'd like you to repay the mortgage. I said yes, we are. We do it every month. Have you not looked at the account? And said no, no, no. We want to repay it all today. And I, I said, um, right, okay, this is this is over a million pounds. Mm. Uh, you control our bank account. Did you notice a million pounds in there to repay this? And they went, no, exactly. So uh, what we want to do is take it to the next step. And and, and that was kind of what WTF uh, is going on here. And and that was horrendous. And the first thing they made us do, uh, they said, uh, you don't you don't have enough cash. And we said, we got plenty. We traded for 20 odd years and we're going to keep on trading and we are still trading just out of interest. Um, but the first thing they did was uh, give us 45,000 pounds worth of accountancy fees and a 5,000 uh, pound valuation on the property. Um, all of which were debited straight from the account uh, without, you know, they said, Oh, you don't need to write a check. You don't need to do this. We can take it out straight away. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that was a ridiculous, ridiculous situation to be in and quite rightly um that they should have been prosecuted all the way down the line the people that did that um they weren't but this situation mr bounce back um i think are you are you the, are you the champion that is going to be the person that says no you're not doing that this is the voice of all the people that you're catching in the crossfire is what is your mission now what is your mission now this is way bigger than me, obviously, than one person. But we need to have so the fact that there are people day in, 24 hours a day, I get messages, I get emails, I get phone calls. The fact that people are worried about repaying means they want to repay. You know, they, they, there's so much interest in the, the, the people who defrauded the system. Forget them. They've gone. They've took the money. They've run. It's a small percentage. It was a small percentage. You've now got the people who want you just want to go back to work, put in a system in place, like the student loan, side book loan, whatever, whereby they can go and work. They've got breathing space. If they can't afford to pay it back, that's when they guarantee. That's why, you know, the, the scheme was launched in good faith. It was government backed. But people who have failed through no fault of their own, and anybody listening to this, it is not your fault what has gone on. 
the fact that you're sat there now worried about whatever aspect of the scheme you're struggling with, it's not your fault and you're not alone. So am I the champion? No, I'll just keep on passing information. You know, it's bigger than one person. You need you need those in power to actually say, actually, what this guy's rambling on about in his own bizarre way, he's got a point here. And I've been told by this person a similar thing, and this person suggested this. They should sit down with people who are in the thick of it, people who are worried, sit, actual people who have got bounce back on, sit 50, 100 people in a room and say, well, well how can we, you know, what's the solution to this? Speak to the people, not the banks who have given out the money, not the British business bank or the rule makers. Sit the real people who have got the loan in a room and say, what do you suggest? You did hint at this right at the start of, of the uh, this webcast. Just ask the people, get the feedback and put together a new way, a new way out of this dilemma for people. That's what I'm saying. It's bigger than me. All I can do is keep passing on the information. I'm no better than anybody else. Yeah, it's all about a community type effort. But the people in power have to listen to the people who are on the call face, if you like, the people who have got the loans, who are struggling. And there's more of them than they know. Yep. Mm, powerful stuff. So I, I guess the... The answer is if if you're listening to this and you're thinking, right, I'm heading towards this very quickly or I'm in it or I, I've kind of, Ray, we always say the, the last thing you can do is keep your head in the sand, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. You've got to get up and face this. Well, maybe this is a great place to, to go and start looking, researching. And it's always... Um, is it the art of war, divide and conquer, however many thousands of years? And a lot of these um the big government things is you tend to find them going very quickly after the small person on their own who has yeah. no recourse to a powerful legal team behind them and they'll go for the small guy the big the big companies they take a look at it and they go geez we could be mired in a legal case for five years here it could cost 10 million and we're only trying to recover a million they leave them alone to go after the small guy. If you're someone who feels they're in that situation, have a look at the website, mrbounceback.com, and you'll probably find that there are similar stories. You are almost certainly not alone. You're almost certainly not experiencing this on your own. Join forces with other people so that you can put forward your solution, which, let's face it, it's taxpayers' money. It's your money. You want to repay it. You want to help the you know, the, the burden of the debt uh, be eased a little bit. I think the best way you can do that is to work together with other people. So, Ray, what, what are you thinking? Any any other sort of out of all this conversation, what are you thinking the next steps for people should be? I think if you're a business person listening to this, there's two bits of insurance you need. Number one is you need to speak to your accountant and get insurance against uh, an inspection. It's very cheap if you get that now. And the second insurance you ought to get is legal expenses insurance. Get that now. Every, every business should have those anyway, but I would say get that now. Um, we're going to put details on the bottom of the podcast. We'll put mrbouncebacks.com's um email address or not email address but his uh website address there and twitter feed and all the rest of it and also you can get in touch with us if you want me to put you in touch with someone who can get you legal expense insurance because there's there's one company in the uk that does it properly but i would say get that if you've got that then at least you've started to protect yourself against uh, any coming storm and like you know th there's an old uh, argument that says when a burglar walks down the street he sees a house with a burglar alarm he goes to the house next door that doesn't have a burglar alarm so if you've got these insurances in place not only are you protecting yourself you're less likely to be attacked because when they know they're in place they'll turn their attention to someone else so that's my final words on it yeah that's good and for people that are thinking in insurance accounting insurance what on earth well if if you get hmrc who knocks on the door who wants to inspect you're going to have to um, provide evidence and forensically examine it and re rebut the um, the accusations or claims or whatever it might be. That involves hiring an accountant, and that can cost a lot of money. But if you get the insurance, the insurance picks up the tab for the accountancy costs. So that's what Ray's talking about there. 
really good advice actually I, I think i need to double check some of mine you know because you never know what uh, uh, a tax inspection might be for uh, and they do just pick people out at random for for no real reason just to go through the process but uh, mr bounce back uh, we have kept you anonymous on the podcast until now when we can no we won't reveal um it, it's it's just quite simply because I know when we were talking off air beforehand, you felt it was easier to do it in a a more a sort of a less targeted way. Yeah, well, it was. If, it's, it's, it's no big cloak and dagger. It's no secret that the, the powers that be know who I am. Trust me on that. However, I didn't right at the start. I just wanted to remain anonymous, is because I didn't want any bank that I've got a relationship with to feel that during the, this journey, which is never ending, I was putting them personally under any pressure. Yeah, if you look at the website, it's not like I am picking on one bank. I didn't want it to, to appear like that. If, if a bank has erred, and a lot of them have, it gets it gets exposed with proof on the website. So I only wanted to remain anonymous due to the fact I didn't want any bank I had a relationship with to turn around later down the road to say oh you, you were picking on us you were trying to force us to do this you, you know what you were bullying bullying us me bullying a bank well that, that was the only idea and it's just that's that's how no it i like it no that, that's fair enough i said richie 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 and everybody else knows who i am and how to get hold of me i just wish you'd pick up the phone this could be sorted if you'd listen to the people and seriously guys and girls out there if you are worried just keep the faith yeah because you're not alone whatever aspect of the scheme is failing you you are not alone you the have a loan but you're not alone yeah the bounce backs alone uh you're not uh yeah definitely there we you are will bounce back from this you know we always fight about who can get the pun in first can't we? <laughs> hey you, you, we're a very serious episode of it always <laughs> always descends into uh yeah, as as and on that bombshell, not keeping <laughs> serious. Bombshell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm right, just getting into it now. So shall we have another hour? Yeah, shall we move on to now. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it may well be the case that we we have an update uh, on this down the line, and uh, it's certainly if any of the uh, How to Raise Money podcast listeners are in that situation, we'd love you to get in in touch with Mister Bounceback and uh, share your experiences with it. And if you're on the bank and you're thinking, oh my goodness me, we work here, we're trying to implement it. The banks haven't told us the rules. I'm trying to help people, but I feel the rules are not allowing me to help people. I can see people want to repay and et cetera, et cetera. Come and have a chat with us. You can uh, remain anonymous on here. Uh, you can you can chat about the, the situation because I do believe that this is, is great feedback for anyone making policy decisions or trying to implement the rules to maybe just apply a, a more gentle touch where it is needed. It's the old foot, Ray, it's the old football manager thing, isn't it? Some need a shoe thrown at their head and some need an arm around the shoulder. That's it. And you've got to, you've got to work out who's who. There and on go. that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Ray McLennan. I'm still Nigel T. Best. We'll I'm see you. We'll see I'm you soon. Show you who oh, I am. And he's Mr. Bounce Back. <laughs> there we go. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is. Who has yours? <laughs>